0: On the 29th day of October, Halloween gave to me 29 used cars killing, 28 James Woods smoking, 27 maggots squirming, 26 phone booth lunches, 25 cotton candy cocoons, 24 space vampire snogging, 23 bloody canoes, 22 pool corpses, 21 groovy ashes, 20 Japanese giallos, 19 kung fu vampires, 18 haunted marches, 17 eternal lonelinesses, 16 cursed VHS tapes, 15 spectral snapshots, 14 mothers murdering. 13 prices bleeding, 12 models dying, 11 Bettys baking, 10 prices burning, 9 seagulls pecking, 8 scientists sneaking, 7 gold shooting, 6 psychic scamming, 5 naked witches, 4 aliens spelunking, 3 UFO abductions, 2 deputy so-and-sos, and a masked hawk being creepy. Well, hello there, Halloweenies? Halloweeneries? I don't know. We should come up with a name for that. Uh, Drop by Discord, let me know what the name should be for people who listen to all of these 31 Days of Halloween episodes. Um, There's only a handful left, obviously. Uh, This is the 29th of October, so first of all, I hope you are having uh, a tremendous Saturday. This is uh, the day that most people are going to be out trick-or-treating. Um, Look out for Plymouth Furies, obviously, if you are out there trick-or-treating, either yourself or or with kids. And uh, I would like to start off by saying, not only is this part of the Stephen King retrospective, this is the only uh, John Carpenter movie on the list this year, which feels a little light in the Carpenter realm, but what are you going to do right like christine is a movie that um isn't often talked about among carpenters best and i'm gonna probably reveal myself to be a bit of a fanboy uh of christine both as a book and as a movie here but that's okay because i'm going to delight in all things christine during this conversation uh even though it's it's not considered one of his major works i think it's really good and Carpenter himself in fairness um did this movie after the failure of the thing this movie you know came out the year after the thing the the thing didn't do well uh Carpenter was looking for another project to do he was going to do Firestarter and that was taken away from him because of uh the the failure of the thing which you know one of those things that's hard to wrap your head around it that one of the great horror films of all time Uh, was sort of a critical and financial disappointment. But, oh, well, what are you going to do? You know, the thing is, maybe my favorite movie of all time, depending on the day you ask me. Uh, It's just the best. And, and you know, I don't think there's anyone that really argues that it's one of John Carpenter's best movies, if not his best movie. You know, a lot of people love uh, the original Halloween or... Escape from New York, or They Live. I mean, you know, there's there are contenders. But uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I would argue, is among his finest work. Uh, just because it's such a unique vision of a film. So, it, regardless. Uh, Christine, not often mentioned in that group. But I think it's one of the most straightforward, incredibly competent and that may be damning with faint praise, but it's just really good. And, and it's good from, I think, start to finish. And it's hard for me to divorce the book and movie in some ways. Because I had read uh, Christine a number of times. I've still got behind me on the shelf as I, I uh, talk about the movie. There's a hardback of Christine that I've had for, you know... 30 years, whenever the book came out, I got a first, uh, a first edition of it, uh, and, and have had it ever since. Um, it, it's a terrific book. It, and even in the Stephen King oeuvre, it's kind of a lesser novel, you know, it, it, it because it's a schlocky premise, right? It's <laughs> here is a haunted car. Uh, what, um, kills people, uh, you know, who do it wrong. And it's kind of a silly idea. And I think Carpenter has said as much that, you know, hey, I did this movie because it was a movie I had to do. The premise was a little silly. But, you know, he's clearly not, uh, no pun intended, asleep at the wheel in directing this movie. Because, for one thing, he did the music, uh, or, or, you know, co-wrote the music, and it's a great Carpenter score. Um, and more than that, the it, it's... Uh, beautiful to look at there's a lot of lens flare going on in christine which i am totally fine with i know you know JJ abrams got a drubbing for the lens flare in uh his star wars film but i don't i don't care again i think that uh the use of it in this movie there so a lot of christine is about nostalgia right you know the the old music used it's an old car and all of that stuff. And in a way that is somewhat prescient and certainly rele- relevant these days, there is uh, a, a criticism, I think, of nostalgia, of, of the haunting quality of nostalgia, if you will, um, that, you know, that it's corruptive to some extent, um, that you can't live in the past. And, and you know, there's obsession, themes of, of obsession and that kind of thing. But... Um, it is, uh, I, I think, relevant in a lot of ways because of that. But you know, let's get to the the, the meat of this. Um, a couple of, of of other notes before we jump into plot: Alan Howarth, uh, Howarth perhaps, um, also co-wrote the music here, and and he was you know working with John Carpenter on things like Escape from New York and Halloween Two, and big trouble in little china and prince of darkness and you know he, he one of the guys who helped to realize john carpenter's musical vision um and then you have don morgan as the cinematographer um who is by the way the same cinematographer who did the movie seven and uh you know what else oh my goodness uh did the tv movie elvis with john carpenter probably where uh they uh, first ran uh, ran across one another. Did Starman, which I think is a great looking movie. And just to be clear, Don Morgan did not um, uh, was not DP on Seven, but he was he was on the crew. Um, he's done a, a, a ton of of television work, um, but I think Christine looks amazing. I think it's a, a, one of Carpenter's best looking movies, and I think it also benefits because Carpenter tends to be you know fairly experimental Uh, he he certainly likes to play around with uh, some ideas in his movies and sometimes that can get away from him you know I think Prince of Darkness uh, he says is you know his attempt to do sort of an Italian movie and that's a movie that I think is really really interesting but some of the ideas are not entirely well formed Um, and You know, the movie suffers a little bit from that. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, even. There are moments in that where... Look, look, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I think Big Trouble in Little China is is one of the finest in Carpenter's catalog, which means it's one of the finest movies ever. But even that, there are moments where you're like, well, we're really going down some alleys here. Um, But Christine is a self-contained story because it's a fairly short king novel um it doesn't meander the way that like an it does or bag of bones or you know one of his big sprawling uh the stand that kind of thing it's a handful of characters it's a pretty simple story of a couple of friends dennis and arnie who uh are going to high school arnie is a bit of a nerd he's he's a little bit put upon uh, by some of the local bullies and one day he sees a car uh, that turns out to be the titular Christine uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury and he there's a great line and I think it's, it's definitely in the movie and I think it's pulled directly from the book where um, when Dennis is asking him why he bu- he buys Christine because Christine when, when Arnie first encounters the car is just a rusted heap of junk and Arnie says I think it's because for the first time I saw something uglier than me and I knew I could fix her up and I could make her beautiful and it's kind of a heartbreaking idea is that you know and again in the movie he says I know what I am and Dennis, who is his friend and a very good friend, uh, in, in the, in both the book and the movie, um, says like, no, you're fine. You're the, you know, you're being hard on yourself. And Arnie is very real about it. Like, no, no, no. I know who and what I am. I know where my place is in, you know, this hierarchy of high school and, you know, where I am, uh, you know, both in regards to my parents, you know, his parents kind of run his life and that, you know, Dennis is, you know, I think genuinely a friend to him, but the way that Arnie sees it is that it's a little bit of a charity thing that, you know, Dennis and Arnie grew up together. They really care about one another, but Dennis is a popular guy. He's, you know, on the on the football team and he has one of the cheerleaders lusting after him and all of that, and Arnie isn't. Arnie is uh much more reserved, he's much quieter, he he's a little bit of a loser. Uh despite the fact that he seems pretty smart, but um you know, at that point, nerds back in the day, ladies and jelly spoons, nerds were not considered cool in any way. Like being being the smart guy didn't get you anywhere. And that's what Arnie is. And uh so when he sees Christine, he you know, there's an immediate Attraction uh, to the car and he ends up buying the car for 300 bucks. One of the great scenes in the movie is uh, where uh, George LeBay's brother is selling the car and says, you know, I'll take 300 for it and, uh, or I'm asking 300, but I'll take 250. And uh, Artie says, whatever you're asking, it, it's not enough. And Dennis kind of shakes his head, like, "Oh, Arnie, come on, man, you don't want to overpay for this." And and even like Dennis privately says to this old man, like, "Come on, man, give this kid a break. He, you know, he could buy a much better car for that kind of money, or you know, in nineteen seventy-eight dollars, uh, a much better car for two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars." And but the old man kind of understands that the reason arnie is drawn to it is because of the the same reasons that his brother was drawn to it which is something more supernatural more more ethereal and so through the course of the story obviously arnie is putting the car back together he kind of gets involved with the local uh garage guy darnell who has him doing some questionable work in the book there's more of an indication that the work that he's doing for darnell may not be strictly legal but uh, Arnie is also set upon by Buddy Rupperton and Moochie Welch and a couple of other, you know, high school bullies. And once, uh, Arnie gets Christine put together and gets a girlfriend, a girl named Lee. Um, I think this is one of Alex, Alexandra Paul's first movies who plays Lee in the film, but Buddy Rupperton and his boys go to destroy Christine and do, But, uh, Christine will not stay dead. And in maybe the best scene in the movie, there's a, a point where Arnie, who, you know, clearly has this obsession with the car by this point and that the car has its hooks in him. You know, there's a more than a little bit of a passing nod to the idea that he is a bit addicted to the car and, uh, the car is, is feeding him, um you know he like arnie calls it love but it's really something darker than that uh where arnie is talking about like how if you take care of something you love it'll it'll uh be there for you always and although love as he puts it is is ravenous that it'll eat you up and again more of that addiction obsession kind of talk but um in in the moment when Arnie finds his car destroyed and it you know is putting it back together late one night in Darnell's garage all alone, he hears the the car kind of repairing itself, and he takes a step back and recognizes like oh this car is something more than just a car, and he Keith Gordon plays Arnie and he I think he's great in this and he says show me and the car repairs itself and it's a great set of special effects the the effects in christine are still among the best in any of the carpenter films and i'm including the thing like the the, the technique they use to make this car you know come back to life that all the dents and everything come uh, repair themselves i think just looks so good it works so well this is another one you know when we talked about the blob and how uh, a remake of this movie featuring cgi would be just the worst possible idea you know just use the same effects uh you did in this film or the the same techniques and and it looks so good it looks because it's real right it's actual you know metal and and plastic and that kind of thing forming and reforming thanks to reversal photography but you know it still works and uh so yeah so once arnie knows that christine um is supernatural and, and in many ways unkillable then you know we're off to the races story wise as christine starts uh tracking down and killing um you know the the other bullies that destroyed her and uh, as well as darnell who gets a little too nosy and certainly seems to understand and tries to kill, uh, Lee, uh, Alexandra Paul when, uh, she represents a threat to Arnie's affections. And, uh, then, you know, once the, the bullies start dying, that's when we get, uh, Harry Dean Stanton showing up as, uh, Junkins, the local police that believes that maybe something is going on that Arnie isn't, isn't telling him about. It, you know it's really really something uh, how all, you know the, the book I think takes its time a little more than the movie the in many ways this is why it's tough for me to, to fully appreciate whether the movie is as, as successful as I think it is or if it's just such a good Cliffs notes of the book which I'm very fond of that you know that's that's why i uh, enjoy it so much but i i think all of the performances are are fantastic and harry dean stanton isn't in it enough for my money but it's fun when he shows up but anyway all of this culminates in a moment where uh Dennis and Lee both agree that something is going on with Christine that Christine has to be stopped uh, to try to save Arnie and uh so there's a big showdown in Darnell's garage with you know a bulldozer and and christine and it's just the best uh, so that is the plot of christine i've kind of mentioned along the way what i think works about the movie and i and i think it all does work really well i think it's gorgeous i think the the shots of christine on fire chasing down buddy repperton and his pal are some of the best um, it borrows heavily from the book. A lot of the the dialogue and so forth is is clearly taken um, directly from the book. But I think the the script by Bill Phillips, who did uh, you know uh, uh, this and a movie called El Diablo and a movie called Physical Evidence and uh, Summer Solstice, like nothing that you would really call like oh this is uh, his claim to fame like Christine is maybe the most popular movie he ever did uh, maybe There Goes the Neighborhood which is uh, a movie with Jeff Daniels and Catherine O'Hara from uh, the the early 90s perhaps but again I mean we're not talking about uh, a heavy hitter in terms of, of screenwriting but I think the script is really good and but mostly I think that's because Um, he's just, you know, picking and choosing what bits of the book to, to insert in the movie and some of the dialogue taken straight from there. And I think it works. Um, it feels very Stephen King. And I think that's why I like it so much is because I am so fond of the book watching Christine is like, Oh yeah, this is exactly the movie that I would want made of this book. Um, I think it captures the friendship between Dennis and Arnie. Well, I think, uh, you know, the the kind of conspiracy between Dennis and Lee is a little rushed. Uh, whereas in the book, it's a little more like, oh, in addition to them trying to save Arnie, they realize that they are attracted to one another and, and sort of fall in love. Uh, and you don't really get a lot of that, which is kind of a bummer. But, you know, uh, there are like little minor complaints here and there I have but watching christine again i just am blown away by like i love the music i love the visuals i love these characters um as silly as the haunted car premise is and the way that it like communicates through the music that it's playing that like you keep uh, when dennis tries to break into christine you get little richard singing uh, you keep on knocking but you can't come in and that kind of thing it's and and the same thing happens when buddy repertan and his guys show up only when the, the radio plays they continue to bust christine up and uh, uh, up, up to and until the radio kind of dies so i think all that stuff is just so good it it it's just so much fun um and yeah if you've never seen christine I just can't recommend it highly enough. I think it's a really underrated Carpenter film. Um, But again, I fully reserve the right to be wrong about this just because I I am so fond of the movie and the book and the performances and all of that stuff. I I think it's terrific. Uh, I think Christine is incredibly successful at what it's setting out to do. And even though Carpenter himself doesn't seem to care that much about the the movie christine maybe he does but you know in interviews he's he's sort of been dismissive of it in his uh his filmography you know suggesting that was the movie he needed to make at the time to make himself you know a credible and viable uh, filmmaker but i think it's very good Uh, i think it's very stylish i think it feels like a carpenter movie i mean it starts with john carpenter's christine And I think it is a wonderful marriage of Carpenter and King. Uh, And I would have loved to have seen more of those collaborations. You know, I think uh, they both have very um, interesting visions of what horror is. And I love, one of my favorite things in the world is to listen to John Carpenter talk about horror and the philosophy behind it and, and behind some of his own work. And uh, I think hearing him uh, and King talk about those things, I think they're of a a similar stripe. And they they come from that kind of rock and roll background as well. They're both a little punk rock, uh, which is also great. And they both love Westerns. So I would love to see a Stephen King penned horror Western directed by John Carpenter. That would be chef's kiss. Uh, So anyway, that is it for Christine. I you know I gush over it I think it's terrific I think you should watch it if you've never seen it even if you have seen it it's just a great movie Uh, once the the sun goes down and uh, the Halloween night falls uh, it's great to you know kick back on on the sofa or in your favorite chair and let Christine happen to you and you know the fact that it starts with the rumble of the engine uh, not unlike George Miller's fury Road to sort of let you know, like, Oh, things are about to get started. And it does, it, it kicks right off. So, uh, again, I think it's a terrific film and, uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. If you would like to let me know your thoughts on Christine, by all means drop by our discord channel. Uh, or if you want to go to legionpodcasts.com, you can find the post for this here episode. And, uh, on that, uh, post, you will see links to all of the various Legion podcast social media channels. I uh, hang out on the Discord quite a bit, so if you want to reach me, that is probably the best way. Although I check in with the uh, the Facebook stuff uh, periodically as well. And if you are listening to this on the Legion podcast uh, podcast feed, the RSS, uh, the the uh, the podcast channel um, on the podcast catcher of your choice. Uh, I implore you, I I beg of you, uh, please, uh, you should subscribe to The Dark Parade as well. That is the show I do on the weekly. And coming up here pretty soon, we'll be back on the weekly schedule instead of the the daily drops with all this 31 days of Halloween stuff. So uh, I hope you, uh, I entreat you, I implore you. Uh, to come by and check that show out as well. And of course, be sure you are subscribing to the Legion Podcasts uh, podcast feed where you get this show, a couple of others I do, and many, many others. Uh, I'm already running long on this episode, so I won't list all those uh, at the moment. But uh, there are a bunch, and I think you would like at least some of them, if not all of them. You know, everybody's got their own taste. I'm not going to say you're going to like everything, but you're going to like a lot of it and most of it. If you're of a similar nature to myself, you probably will like all of it. So uh, I'm quite fond of all of the shows on Legion Podcast. At any rate, that is going to do it for October 29th. Have yourself a great time trick-or-treating. Uh, be sure that if you're handing out candy, don't don't scrim, you know? Like if you're not going to do the full candy bars, I understand some people are, it's a little pricey. You're not going to do the full candy bars. Make sure if you're handing out the fun size, it's a couple, right? Like not one fun size apiece. You get a handful, handful in each bucket in each bag. Don't be chintzy. It's Halloween. You only do this once a year. Uh, if you're out there trick-or-treating, have a great time, have a safe time, be especially spooky out there as you're trick-or-treating. And, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow with, uh, the 30th of our 31 movies on this here 31 Days of Halloween. See you then.